Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news and agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets. 13 first alert weather will look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the Farm Show on Wax 104.5. The big question everybody's asking right now, is this really February? Man, it sure doesn't seem like it because it is unbelievable. As we look at our weather this morning, maybe that's the big story. We're probably going to break a record that was set 99 years ago, the high temperature back in 1925. 48 degrees was the high temperature. The forecast high today is 53 degrees. And that's awfully warm for February. That's awfully warm for February is right. And, you know, you just wonder, when is the other shoe going to drop? <laughs> When's it going to get to 53 Above, when is it going to be 53 below with the wind chill? You know, it probably could happen. I don't know if it will, but uh, I don't know. Is it global warming or not? We'll, uh, we'll let other people decide that. Good morning as we uh, take a look at some of the chores we've got to do this morning. And we will do with you lots of things to take a look at. We're going to take a look at some interesting numbers. Land prices at the end of last year. Some uh, numbers that uh, jumped out on land sales, including one over in St. Croix County. At towards the end of the year. Also, uh, we'll take a look at uh, some landowners, some of the biggest landowners in the United States. And I got to tell you, the Welke Land and Cattle Company has dropped out of the top 10. Oh, yes, it pales in comparison, I'm sure. <laughs> but there are some big landowners around this country, so we'll take a look at that. And the drought monitor is interesting. It, you know, we look at what's going on around here. And I think, well, boy, I'm worried about springtime. We're going to have moisture when it comes to spring planting. But really and truly, it's not so bad around the country right now. Well, it's not. Those storms across the country in January, they have lowered the drought coverage areas across our United States. On January 30th, 23.5% of the country was suffering from drought. That's down 9.5% from January 2nd measurements. On In October of last year, the peak of the drought coverage. Drought covered over 40% of our country. There are only two remaining exceptional drought pockets in the country, New Mexico and Mississippi. Right now, the United States has the lowest drought coverage area since last June. All right. So, again, that's uh, not a story I would have expected to hear. But when you're talking, what, Mississippi and where else? New Mexico. New Mexico. They're not the major cropping areas of the country so you figure well maybe we're in good shape but again i don't care iowa illinois indiana ohio wisconsin dakotas we need snow this time of the year and we do not have it at least that i've seen so again that's uh, that is a concern warming up what's going on with the winter wheat what's going on with the alfalfa we'll catch up with dan understander and find out what his concerns are about things like that so plenty to talk about and uh, even a kind of a fun summer job here, it looks like. The DNR has got summer jobs here. The DNR seeking volunteers who like spending time outside, helping other outdoor enthusiasts, and are passionate about Wisconsin's natural resources 
to serve as volunteer campground hosts, volunteer communities or volunteer opportunities available at DNR properties in all parts of the state. And uh, you can find out more about that by contacting the uh, DNR. That sounds like fun. So uh, you might be able to get a job as a campground volunteer down in Black River Falls. I sure need that one. (laughs) So, again, that's from the DNR. So lots of good things going on around the area. And uh, we lost a giant in the music industry that uh, probably should have mentioned that before. I just found out about it this morning when I got here. Toby Keith has passed away. Yeah, the last time I saw him on TV, he was looking kind of tough. Yeah, his stomach cancer, evidently. I'm not sure. I don't know how old Toby Keith was, but I'm sure uh, Alex Morgan. 62. Oh, he was 62. All right. But uh, still way, way, way too young. Toby Keith passed away. So, again, uh, lots of things to talk about this morning. For those who work in Acres, not an hour. Let's take a look at the markets here as we continue early in the new week. And we start with the cash livestock markets. Jill, what are those numbers? Choice fed beef steers are 173 to 183 with mixed steers at 109 to 173. Choice fed beef heifers are 174 to 183 with mixed heifers coming in at 105 to 173. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 144 to 180. Choice fed Holstein steers are 145 to 155 with select and silage fed steers 113 to 144. Cows are 80 to 94 with a top of 114. Bulls are 88 to 126. Butcher hogs are 30 to 54 with sows at 29 to 35 and boars at 15 to 21. New crop market lambs are 177 to 194. Feeder lambs are 2 to 265. Ewes are 95 to 140. With small goats at 15 to 125. Medium goats at 75 to 210. Large goats at 100 to $400. And nanny goats at 20 to $270. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday to open up the week, lower markets. February live cattle, 179.72. That closed 82 cents lower. April down $1.40 at 182.35. June live cattle, 180.47, down $1.30 in August at 180.45, down 122. Feeder cattle, March, 242.75, down 205. April down 195 at 248.25. May down 195 as well at 253.32. August feeder cattle down $1.85 at 268.22. And September down 187 at 270.47. Lean hogs lower, February. 7440 down $1.05. The April contract closed at 8220 down $1.62. May 8712. That was down $1.40. And June down $1.45 at 96.05. Yesterday at the Board of Trade, kind of a quiet trade. Uh, corn was unchanged. Beans were actually up seven cents. Better meal and oil demand. Overnight, March corn up a fraction, sitting at 4.43 this morning. The oats down a fraction at 3.67. Soybeans for March up a penny at 11.97. Soybean meal down a dollar 40 a ton at 3.59.70, and the March wheat down a penny at 5.88. Barrel cheese traded four cents higher yesterday, 159 a pound. Blocks 165 unchanged. Butter also held steady at 274.5. Class three prices were higher. February. 
up eight at sixteen thirty-five. March up thirty-nine at seventeen seventy-seven. April up thirty-one at eighteen oh one. May up twenty-two at eighteen fifteen. And June up sixteen at eighteen thirty-five. So that's the way the markets look this morning. Once again, could be and probably will be in record territory as far as our temperatures today. The old record current record, I should say, is 48 degrees. That was set back in 1925, but it looks like we're going to break that today. We're supposed to be in the low 50s. About 53 is the projected high today, and that, of course, would be a new record. Well, let's take a look. Ag Country bringing us our look at the farm news this morning. And, Jill, you were in Green Bay over the weekend. A lot of other people were, too. Uh, Yes, we were. The Wisconsin FFA alumni and supporters hosted their 44th state convention. 74 chapters were represented by 308 attendees in Green Bay. Various chapters and individuals were recognized for their outstanding achievements in supporting FFA chapters and their members. From our area, Rich and Judy Meyer of From Colby won the Outstanding Achievement Award for their many years of service to FFA. River Falls FFA alumni and supporters took home the Lifetime Membership Honor, and the Granton FFA Alumni and Supporters was recognized as an outstanding chapter at the national level. The annual convention is the major fundraiser for the organization, and this year, over $50,000 was raised through the auctions and events for distribution to local FFA chapters throughout the state and to assist them with their financial needs. And that means the scholarships to traveling to events, to um, grants, grants to get uh, kids started with projects. And it's always interesting to see that money go out. You bet it is. And the FFA alumni to be commended for continuing to support the organizations. And people say, well, I wasn't an FFA, so I can't join. No, anybody can join the alumni. You do not have to have been an FFA member when you were in school, anyone can join the FFA alumni. You want to be a supporter of your local FFA chapter, join your local FFA alumni. And I think we've got uh, some. You were telling me some trying to start a chapter. Where in? Uh, well, we're just getting started here in, in Osseo. Yeah. So Osseo, Osseo Fairchild. Fair we're yep. working on getting support for our uh, FFA Yep. teacher and get because she is so busy down there and, oh amelia's got a great program down there and our job is to help make things a little bit easier for her all so right that's our, so again congratulations to the ffa alumni cheryl steinbach from over at granton kind of ramrods that now doesn't she she is the executive director for yeah. the state ffa alumni and supporters so it's great that uh, the program is going so well What else is going on? We're shooting in the river in this ocean someplace. (laughs) We are. The United States and the United Kingdom are fighting back against the ongoing attacks on commercial ships on the Red Sea. Over the weekend, military positions in Yemen were assaulted by both countries. The violence on the Red Sea has been disrupting global shipping since November. And because of those attacks on commercial ships... In the Red Sea, major ocean carriers have been rerouting around the southern tip of Africa, resulted in increased time and costs for global shipments. Yeah, and that's expensive. I know when we were over in the Panama Canal, we'll be back in the Panama Canal here in about two or three months, 
But uh, we were over there, we were talking about how much it costs ships to go through it. And, you know, they got it, but it saves them so much time if they go around. And this is just the Panama Canal, not the Suez Canal, but it's unbelievable the extra cost by not using those canals. So these uh, hooties or whoever they are, they, uh, they're disrupting travel and putting price tags, extra price tags on commodities, that's for sure. Well, we mentioned earlier about uh, who owns America's farm. Who are the biggest landowners? And uh, a new report came out, Land Report 100 Research Team, and they came up with this. And uh, the biggest landowner in the country, you know, everybody thinks it's Ted Turner or what's his name from... Uh, All I can think of is Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates is one and those guys. But uh, no, actually, in 2024... America's largest landowner is Red Emerson. Red and his family own just over 2.4 million acres in California, Oregon, and Washington through their timber products company, Sierra Pacific Industries. They became America's largest landowner back in 2021 when they acquired 175,000 acres out in the state of Oregon. And with the acquisition, the Emerson surpassed Liberty Media Chairman John Malone's 2.2 2.2 million acres. He is the second largest owner. CNN founder Ted Turner is America's third largest owner with 2 million acres in the southeast and the Great Plains and, uh, of course, out west. Ted Turner is, uh, I think he is the largest landowner in Montana with his bison ranches. But uh, again, the Malone family is second with 2.2 million acres since uh, founding in 1976. The Land uh, Institute has been dedicated to science-based research and developing food production systems that sustain the land and the soil. So, again, there's uh, a lot of people. And uh, does anybody that's a rancher, anybody else? Yeah, the King Ranch is number 10. The King Ranch down in Texas owns 911,000 acres. And in 1940, USDA recognized the ranch's Santa Gertrudis as the first beef breed to be developed in the U.S., and they've developed quite a legacy. But uh, interesting to see who who the biggest landowners are in the United States, and it's not uh, Bill Gates. Ted Turner is third, but uh, I haven't looked that close to see if Bill Gates is even in the top ten or if he uh, really is involved in that at all. All right, coming up, don't go away. we got a beautiful day coming our way, very un-February-like, but we're going to get an outlook for 2024 from Chuck Nicholson. He's down at the... Uh, Department of um, Animal and Dairy Sciences, uh, an economist down at the University in Madison, and we're going to talk, hear him talk about his outlook for 2024. That's next, right here. 2023 was a challenging year for dairy farmers, with margins reaching their lowest point since 2009. However, despite that, there's hope for 2024. That's according to Chuck Nicholson, UW-Madison Department of Animal and Dairy Sciences professor. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Nicholson gives an overview of 2023 and what he believes is in store for 2024. The 2023 storyline is actually not a particularly happy one for a lot of dairy farmers. Uh, We saw a market decline from the high prices that we saw in 2022. We saw some continued high feed prices. Uh, We got to margins that were as low as what I think of as like the 
uh, worst possible moment that we saw back in 2009. And the only saving grace on that was that we were mercifully brief in the amount of time that we spent at those margins. We've seen a little bit of recovery in milk prices, and we've seen a little bit of a recovery uh, in terms of feed prices going down since then. So that gives us some signs for hope going forward here. And speaking of that, what is in store for 2024? Sure. So we started to see an adjustment process as the margins have come down. So we've seen declining cow numbers. We're down below where we were in 2022 for sure and are still heading in that direction for now. We have seen also a about stable amount of milk per cow production is what we saw in 2022 during the data we have for 2023. Despite the fact we have the same milk per cow, we have to think about that a little bit differently now because we're actually still making more butter fat. And we've seen a market increase in the amount of butter fat based on feeding strategies and breeding strategies on dairy farms that we're making 11% more butter fat per cow than we used to. So even though we had the same amount of milk per cow, we actually had more butter fat in the marketplace and we actually kind of needed that for a lot of things heading into the fall. And how is that affecting now exports and the exchange rates? Uh, what we saw in 2023 was, again, also not part of the, the most positive story we can tell, but the high prices that we saw in 2022 had buyers in global markets responding as you might think that they would respond. And so we actually saw a decline in sort of the rolling average of the volume of U.S. exports. And it's not the first time that's happened. It happened in 2014. It happened again in 2019. But it's not a really positive story. So as we go forward here, uh, we should see with the adjustment that we have in the number of cows, the amount of components in the marketplace. We're looking at a little bit brighter future for dairy exports in 2024 than we saw that pattern in 2023. Part of what's going on is that the price alignments for the major products, uh, the dry whey, the skim milk powder, non-fat dry milk, uh, and also to some extent on butter and cheese, U.S. is actually in a pretty good position relative to our competitors in those marketplaces globally. It's a positive sign for increasing those exports for 2024. And what about that milk price cycle, where we're at, and the correspondence with feed prices? So one of the things that I like to point out is that we have these big uh, swings in milk prices uh, that can be up to $10 per hundredweight. And those swings tend to happen on about a three-year cycle. So we get a peak, and then about three years later, we get another peak. And in between, unfortunately, we're going to have a trough. We should be past the bottom of the cycle right now. So that big swing in milk prices, we should be past the low part of that cycle. And that gives us hope that we're looking at uh, an upward trend in the milk prices going forward here for 2024. Along with that, uh, we have some projections for feed prices that unfortunately for the dairy farmer are above the long-term averages. And we think about an overall ration value based on what futures markets are thinking for the major elements elements of a dairy ration. Uh, but they are not projected to increase markedly over 2024. And so we should see uh, some strengthening of the milk prices uh, throughout the year and about stable feed prices, again, at higher than the long-term averages, but making for overall a better margin year than we saw for sure in 2023. As we know right now, a big thing that's on topic is the um, federal milk marketing orders. What are some of those impacts with that that you're seeing or just the overall consensus right now or timeline that we're on? So there's a lot to impact with uh, what's been going on with the hearings for federal milk marketing orders. Uh, we have been in a hearing mode uh, on and off since August of 2023 with uh, thousands of words and thousands of pages of testimony provided by all the major U.S. dairy organizations going forward. 
The key issues really for me come down to uh, whether or not there will be changes in the pricing formulas that will affect the minimum prices for milk that federal milk marketing orders regulate. And a couple of those key changes have to do with uh, this thing we call the make allowance, which is basically a way of helping account for the costs of processing that turn a product price like a pound of cheese into a class three milk price. So increases in those make allowance uh, values, like giving more of allowance to account for increased in increased processing costs, uh, will at least in the short term result in a decrease in the farm milk price that would be regulated under the federal milk marketing orders. So that's one thing we need to kind of watch out for as we move through this process. The other thing that I think is really important and it's also part of the kind of strategy of some of the major dairy organizations is that if we're going to give away some of the price value on the class three milk, that we actually have have some offsetting factor and the offsetting factor there is to try and uh, kind of get more of the value out of the beverage milk market, the class one milk market, by raising this thing we call the class one differentials, which is sort of the spatial location value of milk and how it differs throughout the United States. So the combination of those two things uh, is designed to at least provide some kind of offset going forward. I really have to add, though, that we have heard a lot of testimony, uh, and USDA is going to have to take all that testimony, and on the basis only of the evidence that they've heard, sort through all of those thousands of words and thousands of pages of documents and figure out what uh, seems to make the most sense. And so we don't know yet how they're going to rule on any of the things that have been presented to them. So there's a lot to a lot to look forward to. And one of the things that I and my group are going to uh, be doing is preparing to provide some analysis that helps people sort through what the potential impacts are of those changes once they've been announced by USDA. Take me through some of those wild cards that we should be watching and paying attention to for 2024. My basic storyline for 2024 was that we will see margins that are about the long-term average. And by margin, I'm talking about the difference between an all-milk price uh, and a ration value that would be typical on a dairy farm. So the good news is we're looking at something that is not particularly uh, stunning or good, but it's also not particularly bad. It's about at the long-term average. But one of the things we have to be thinking about when we say, yes, this is what we project forward is there's lots of stuff that can happen and I refer to them as wild cards. One of the wild cards is what's going to happen with the global economy. Generally, people expect there will be good economic growth in the United States, good but not outstanding. There are other estimates that say going forward we're likely to see some reasonable economic growth in the uh, economies of the world, including those places that are sort of major export markets for us, places like Mexico and China. So if we get that kind of economic growth growth and we can maintain and maybe reduce the inflation a little bit, that will start to bring some interest rates down, which have been a real pain point for a lot of folks in the agricultural economy and dairy farmers included. Uh, We should see some improvements in those uh, elements as well. All that stuff is uncertain going forward. So we're we're hopeful for those kinds of improvements. Uh, They would make a big difference, uh, but uh, economies have ways of surprising us, as we know. And again, that's Chuck Nicholson. And uh, Chuck is, uh, what do you call him, maybe the the new Bob crop, the new, you know, as uh, these guys retire in the uh, agricultural economics department in the area of dairy and things like that, Chuck, Chuck Nicholson is now the man down there at the university in Madison. Well, let's go over to that Withy country. Rocky Olson is with us over at Premier Livestock. Morning, Rocky. Good morning. I'll bet there's not nearly as much griping for the guys that have, guys and gals that have to work out in the yards as with this kind of weather, huh? That is for sure. Yeah, Saving on the fuel bill. Yeah, it really is. Feud, uh, feed bill, fuel, fuel bill, a whole lot of bills, that's for sure. 
Well, we've got one day in this week. How did it go yesterday? Uh, thank you, Bob. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday, Monday's auction shaped up. We sold 1,260 head yesterday. Uh, fed cattle traded strong, uh, steady market, high choice and prime Holstein fed steers, 149 to 160, uh, selects 140 to 148, your choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.72, market cows strong, high yielding cows from 105 to 114, premium feedlot corn fed cows 115 to 119, uh, with many cows selling from 85 to 104. Market bulls high yielding, mostly from 105 to 119. Uh, your organic market cows sold every Monday and Tuesday, mostly 120 to 151. Newborn Holstein bull calves very strong yesterday, mostly the Holstein bull calves from 250 to 520. Your beef cross calves, guys, mostly from 350 all the way up to $840 a head for them newborn black calves. Holstein heifer calves, 250 and down. Uh, today, Tuesday, it's going to be a special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction. Note, we do have the new start time on our special feeder sales. Uh, we're going to start at 10 o'clock a.m. We sell feeder cattle first, and then we go to the bred beef cows. If you're bringing bred beef cows, they do need to be in by 8.30 a.m. for preg checks. Uh, like I said, guys, uh, feeder cattle sell first, then beef cows. We're expecting 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle, and then 80 to 90 bred beef cows and heifers. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we got our hay and bedding auction at 9.30, dairy cattle auction at 11. We do have a complete uh, freestall herd. Uh, we have lots and lots of fancy, fancy consignments for the sale tomorrow. Uh, we're expecting over 300 head of dairy cattle. Full list of these early consignments on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, any questions, certainly give us a call, 715-229-2500. Don't forget farm machinery auction, guys. Uh, coming up quick here, it's going to be uh, March 15th. So that is the way things are shaping up, Bob. Hopefully Mother Nature cooperates. Wouldn't it be nice to have a sale today and tomorrow with this 50s? Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Getting much? Uh, you getting much in already? Yeah, it's, a lot? It's, coming, it's starting to come in now. I've got a lot of people that got machinery consigned. They just got to get it to us. But yep. you know how it is. Everybody's running a little behind. So, so you expect uh, two rings and a normal three. full lot? We're, we're expecting three rings. Three so. rings? Yep, we, well, we usually got three. We got one offline and two online, so. All right, yeah, there's, with all this new technology, you can, can you watch it, uh, video it, or what? How's that work? Yep, yep, everything uh, through equipmentfacts.com, so everything online will be right uh, on video, online, or in person. Oh, boy, that's good. March 15th. You betcha. The Ides of March. All right, Rocky, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You too. Thanks, Bob. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there, Premier Livestock in with the. Well, let's get into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom, of course, as she is every day. You went to school and college in Boston, so I don't know. The climate's a little different out there. Did they have things like a 50-degree party where everybody came out? Well, I don't personally remember partying <laughs> at any point in time during Wait my college Wait a minute. Days, I, but... didn't, I didn't put my barn boots on. I got to roll my pant legs up. You, yeah, you wouldn't know. I wouldn't know, but no, I bet other well, people... You know, you, but you heard or you read the campus paper. What is it? You got to crack a cold one on the first warm day? I yeah. think that's the way it goes. So. I think so. so I mean, if, for those other kids, yeah. not for me. Well, no, no, no. Right. no. You were in the library and they don't let you drink in the library. That's for sure. Thank you. Oh, that's right. I figured you might know that. Oh, uh, I did. 
yeah, too well. Because I had the seat next to you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> What's going on? We're going to start with headlines this morning that keep us close to home. Good morning. And of course, with a finger on the pulse of health care in the Chippewa Valley, continuing to follow the efforts from local job fairs as they will be happening for uh, residents affected by HSHS and Prevea leaving and now a meeting scheduled for Wednesday at 7. That will be kind of uh, the city board and county addressing the closures as well. And we connect it politically. Western Wisconsin's congressman wants the governor to help with the plan closures as well. Familiar name to our area, Republican Congressman Derek Van Orden asked Governor Tony Evers to use any state or federal resources that it can to make sure people who use the hospitals and clinics here in the Chippewa Valley aren't left without medical care, particularly hard hit with things like fewer emergency rooms and rural EMS services. And of course, those mental health facilities and cancer centers as well will continue to keep close watch as the conversation and efforts move forward in the coming days. This, as more households and families are facing question marks after layoffs at HTI are expected. The company yesterday announced that it will lay off 90 of its 121 employees. This is at the Alpine Road facility, of course. Hutch did announce layoffs last year as well. They're not offering a reason for the latest round of layoffs. As we look to some other headlines that stretch the state, going to talk a little bit closer about that uh, Packer position. And if you have often sat on the couch or recliner and thought, I could do that job, you're not alone. A guy named Bill Port thought the same thing. And in fact, he sent Mark Murphy, the Packers CEO, a letter a couple weeks ago asking to apply for that open defensive coordinator job, as so many of us would like, but said he could do the job, just prefers his weekends off. And Murphy actually sent a joking note back. You may have seen this on social media. It's kind of making the rounds now. And in fact said that uh, because of Port's fantasy football experience, maybe he should try the Chicago Bears instead. A little bit of a zing there. And of course, if you know, then you know. 62 years old and country music superstar Toby Keith has passed away. Of course, he was struggling and diagnosed with stomach cancer recently, but his family said he passed away peacefully at the age of 62. And we better love this barn. We go back to it with Bob Bolsold, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when I heard that about Toby Keith. I didn't even know he was sick, but... Big, big loss for country music. Absolutely, and one of those iconic voices. You definitely yeah. know it when you hear it. Boy, that is for sure. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. There she goes. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. <laughs> the professor is here. <laughs> Jerry Clark, <laughs> Chippewa, Eau Claire, Dunn County, Crops and Soils agent. And now, what was the promotion? Congratulations, by the way. Well-deserved. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Now, uh, you're what, a full professor considered at the university, or what? Yeah, that was a rank change uh, last last summer, I believe. Well, that well deserved. They just announced it took them a while to get it out. Yeah, then uh, this recent one was a Distinguished Teaching Award. There you go. Through the, uh, yeah, through the faculty at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. They have different awards, and this was the Van Nuys Outreach Teaching Award. So uh, it's pretty humbling to receive an award like that when there's... A lot of great educators and extensions. So. Well, you're one of them, that's for sure. And we appreciate all uh, all you've done. Thank you, Bob. Knapp never got that, did he? <laughs> I don't. Well, Randy, we weren't part of Randy UW Madison Knapp. back well, then. Well, that's true. You were out in the county. Then. Yeah, he's. I know he's a Hall of Famer with the yeah. uh, National Association of County Ag Agents. Yeah, so. he is. He is. So, again, but congratulations. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Bob. And you continue to educate. We've got uh, more meetings coming up. You just had, uh, what, private pesticide training yesterday? Yep, we were up in Bloomer yesterday, and I believe next week we'll be in Menominee with that program. So anyone right. that, uh, they changed the way it kind of operates. You need to uh, 
get your manuals and register for the trainings online or or a mail-in order. So it's a little different than the past where you could just come to the local office yeah. and get all the materials and sign up. So, so what do you do at the local office now? Or when you or what do you do at these local meetings if they got to get all that stuff online? They just bring all that stuff in and then you... Yeah, then we provide the training part, okay. which is right. mainly getting the technology set up and ans- ask, answering some questions that might not be as clarified through the program. All right. Sounds good. But uh, other programs you've got, uh, very important now, these grain marketing meetings, because we're looking at corn prices have been the lowest in about uh, three years or so. And yeah. Beans aren't setting any records either right about now. So you better know what you're doing. What's uh, what's this grain marketing program? So, yeah, we've got the Farm Pulse uh uh, it's Katie Wontock in Dunn County has uh, landed some grant dollars and helped provide this hybrid program, which is part online and also in person. So the in-person trainings we started uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so we're hosting these all in Menominee, but it's basically uh, how to use crop insurance and do some grain marketing strategies uh, throughout the uh, kind of a pre-harvest and post-harvest planning as you get into the, the marketing season. This next session will be on Thursday in Menominee at 10 a.m. at the at the Dunn County uh, Government Center. And we're going to talk mainly about uh, how to use crop insurance and then uh, how that rolls into cost of production, as well as starting to launch. Uh, we're working with the University of Nebraska on a grain marketing game. So it's an online game where you can, kind of like Monopoly, where you can play with some money and mm-hmm. and do some different types of strategies and but see how you Monop- turn out. It's Monopoly money. It's not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's right. Not, it's not, not your, your own money. money. Yeah, good. <laughs> nope. So it's a way to kind of simulate a marketing year. And the real years, we sent them uh, a lot of data from and prices from uh, around this area, uh, western Wisconsin. And uh, the professor over there in, at uh, with Extension in Nebraska. Was he that cre- the guy that was here earlier? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Corey. We talked to him. Corey, Corey Walters. I, I got a check, and I don't know if I... I got so there many programs in my tape recorder. I got to get that on so he can explain it. But, yeah, he was here. Yeah, and he's got this uh, online game that you can uh, mm-hmm. u- use real-world uh, marketing prices and go through some different strategies and see how you do doing different things without the risk of using your own money. Um, now, how's this going to work? How's this program? Are you going to have meetings? Are going to do it online? How are you going to do this? Yeah, there's an online portion to it, and you can uh, register through our, our website for that. And mm-hmm. those are different modules that get released throughout the, the spring here. Okay. And I think we've got, I want to say there's eight or nine modules. I think we've got four or five of them released right now. And then uh, the the in uh, the in-person meetings are those that we kind of follow up with and kind of present what's been going online but also supplement that with this uh, online game so what are where are the in-person meetings what's the status of those so all the in-person meetings are in menominee at the dunn county uh, government center so we're in the lower level i believe it's room 60 uh that we're in that's out uh, on the highway isn't it yep okay. right as you come into menominee yep. on highway 12 okay so yeah, just as you come down at the courthouse this is out nope we're right on uh, the east end of menominee yep. okay uh, yeah i guess that's kind of yeah. the south east corner yeah. as you come in on 12 and uh, the government center is right there, and we uh, provide, uh, it's, it's pretty informal. A handful of farmers come in, and we basically uh, go through a few uh, things that were in the module. Uh, each week is some, each, or each session is a little different. And like I said, this week we're going to talk crop insurance and introduce the game and do some marketing strategies around those kind of things related to cost of production. All right, and uh, even some... Manure management planning, because yeah. you know, this is open ground. What, right. What's yeah. the plan? What are yep. we we're seeing, about? We're seeing some manure application already starting to occur since uh, the ground's uh, starting to 
thaw out a little bit and, and uh, open ground. But we have some manure applicator training programs uh, lined up uh, for farmers and custom manure applicators um, where we do some training on safe application, uh, environmentally safe, as well as uh, employee safety. So the first one's going to be February 23rd here at the Eau Claire County Extension Office uh, starting at 1230 uh, to 330. What day is that? uh, It'll be February 23rd. Okay. And then we got a couple more lined up in March. Uh, We'll be up in Barron and then Abbotsford, but we can get those dates to you as we get a little closer. Yeah, this is a crazy winter. Since I got back, I was going down south in either Monroe or Jackson County. The county crews were out. Guess what they were doing? Mowing the ditches. Mowing the ditches. Mowing the weed. Mowing. Sure. They were mowing. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. plowing. They were mowing. Mowing, actually. yeah. Got to so, stay busy doing something. Yeah, Might as well get ahead of the game. Yeah, exactly. So they're doing that. Thanks, Professor. All right. Thank you much, Bob. Welcome uh, back. You bet. Jerry Clark. What are you? You're a full professor now. University? That is correct. Yes. Yeah, there he is. There he is. <laughs> Show him a little respect out there, you guys out there in Tilden. <laughs> Jerry Clark, Chippewa Dunno, Clare County, Crops and Soils agent. All right, Jill, let's get at it. Where are we going? we got to go to markets. Well, let's head down south to Sparta Equity and hear from Hot Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the highly choice beef steers and heifers 176 to 184. Choice and select beef steers and heifers 165 to 175. Beef and dairy cross steers 155 to 170. High yielding choice Holstein steers 151 to 157. Choice and select Holstein steers 140 to 150 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers $1.4 to $1.39. Cow market steady quality beef slaughter cows up to $1.20. High yielding slaughter dairy cows 95 to 115. Cutters and utilities. 59 to 94 with a low yield in Canada cost 58 cents and down organic market today with results from our February 5th sale with the high yielding slaughter organic cows 126 to 141 and thin and small organic cows a dollar to a dollar 25 with the organic steers and heifers 140 to 160. Bull market steady most bulls bringing 102 to 117 with the thin full and bulls over 2200 pounds discounted at dollar one and down. Calves sold by the pound today with a steady to stronger market. The quality Holstein bull calves bringing $3 to $5. Quality Holstein heifer calves $1 to $2. Quality beef bulls $5.50 to $8. Quality beef heifers $5 to $7.50 with light and poor quality calf. $0.10 cents to $8 per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, February 7th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Amy at Equity Lives in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Well, let's get over to Equity Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, summary from yesterday, Monday here at Equity Stratford. Markets are remaining uh, fully steady. Uh, good demand on just about all classes of the livestock. Uh, anyway, on the cow market yesterday, high-yielding fleshy Holstein cows yesterday selling from 97 to $1.12. Uh, most of the cows that we sold yesterday sold between 75 and 96 Thinner cows, light carcass cows, below 75 uh, we'll have an update on the organics uh, tomorrow. That'll be those will be sold today on the bull market yesterday. Better quality bulls are selling mostly from ninety-seven to a dollar fifteen. Um, calf market very very strong. Uh, good quality replacement Holstein bull calves yesterday selling mostly from two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars. Fancy bull calves from five hundred to five fifty. Heifer calves also better demand now. Uh, Heifer calves, good quality heifer calves, uh, selling from 100 to 270. And these beef calves continue to be just uh, very, very strong, very good demand. 400 to 750 on the beef calves yesterday, and a lot of them from 750 up to a top of 800. On the fed cattle trade, a lighter test yesterday. Uh, most of those will be sold tomorrow, but choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from $1.38 to $1.52 with the 
Hyelding Choice Holstein's up to 158. But we are at Tuesday, and we got a busy day here in Stratford this morning, uh, getting underway at 10 o'clock. Hay and bedding auction, folks. we got a lot of hay today. Uh, good selection of hay if you're looking for round bales, small squares, large squares. Uh, we've got them. First crop, mostly first and second crop. We do have a consignment of large squares of third crop. Also do have a consignment of round bales of soybean stubble that could be used for bedding, of course. And then at 11 o'clock will be the dairy sale today, followed by the market auction. As I said before, we do sell organic cows on Tuesday along with the regular market cattle. Tomorrow, special feeder cattle sale. Uh, looking for a, a big run of feeder cattle. And also, we got bread beef cow sale tomorrow. We do have a consignment of uh, bread beef cows, black Angus cows, pictured on our website. So, folks, uh, uh, weather's good. If you need some hay or bedding, good day to buy that. Get it in the barn before uh, we get, you know, it's inevitable. We're going to get some more of that white stuff. And uh, good weather for the feeder cattle sale again. That will be tomorrow at 1230. So, Bob, a busy week continues, and we'll turn it back to you. And uh, anyway, tomorrow... Uh, We'll be back here, and we'll update what's going on today. And in the meantime, you guys have a nice day. Thank you very much. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. And more markets. Board of Trade yesterday was quiet. Corn was unchanged. Beans up 7 cents. Better meal and oil demand. Overnight, March corn up a fraction, 443. The oats at 367. March beans up a penny at 1197. Meal down $1.43, dollar Wheat down 1 at 588 this morning. Country elevator prices today. Arcadia corns at 405 with soybeans at 1116. Loyal corns at 387 with soybeans at 1110. Chippewa Falls corns at 380 with soybeans at 1123. And Connorsville corns at 380 with soybeans at 1119. And taking a look at the DTN screen in Arcadia, Golden Plump 408 on the corn today. Baldwin 381, beans 1116. Durand Fall Creek corn 376, beans 1106. Mondovi 381 in the corn, 1112 on the beans. Elmwood 386 and 1116. Osseo corn 391, beans 1116. And out at Elk Mound 386 on the corn, 1121 on the beans. Sparta 389 and 1107. Ellsworth has corn at 373, the beans 1106. Ethanol plants. Boyceville corn 398. Stanley 403, New Richmond facility 398. Barrel cheese up four yesterday, 159 a pound blocks, 165, butter 274 and a half, both unchanged. February class three up eight at 1635, March up 39 at 1777, and April crawled over $18, 1801, up uh, 31 cents. May 1815, that was up 22. Look for a record high today, we'll be in the 50s. The old record was 48, that was about 99 years ago. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.